0: I don't know whether you can hear me or not. Maybe some of what I'm saying will echo through. Welcome back to the Trust God, bro. Trust God, brothers and sisters. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, this is episode 48 on this Easter Eve day. I just had a bunch of Easter candy, uh, jelly beans, and went on a run this morning. So. I'm trying to film this before I get the sleepies, so bear with me um, while I can pull my thoughts together. This is something that's been on my heart the last week, which makes sense, you know, leading up to Easter, but the death of Jesus. And uh, anyway, so uh, back home for Easter and at my family's house, and uh, uh, it's fun going back to where you grew up at as like your childhood home because like for me like you know I'm not I'm home every once in a while but it's enough where um it doesn't seem normal anymore so I uh (laughs) you know just things are funny and stand out to you more when you come back to where you grew up that a place that seemed pretty pretty typical so yesterday I was looking around for stuff and I found this like Mexico keychain in a drawer which was fun reminding me of the time we went on a vacation and my youngest sister she got sick um and well we didn't know it at the time but we went to a restaurant in the airport we're about to go back home and uh she's like six years old and she just like lets out the largest burp ever like Wah. and we're like that's the biggest burp i've ever heard from a six-year-old <laughs> and then she throws up everywhere <laughs> All over the table she probably doesn't want me to say that but just the funny things you that you get reminded of when you're um, back home uh, and then I also found this little um, it up the camera so you can see um, focus focusing we had a foreign exchange student from Japan his name was Mitsuaki gave us a little um, coin on the back and it says like where he's from, he's from Chiba, uh, Japan, and so I found that in a drawer while I was looking around for stuff yesterday too, so that was pretty sweet, he plays the trombone, and he still does today, he's actually really good at the trombone, so um, Mitsuaki, if you're watching this, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> All right, so now on to the episode, it's Easter weekend, and um, yeah, the weird time between uh, the Saturday, and I know people watching this are probably going to be watching it Uh, after Easter, but regardless, I hope this is helpful. Suppose Jesus didn't die. (laughs) How would that change your life? And that's something that I've been asking myself. Would it change my life? And did Jesus have to do it? So I have a friend, Zuby, and on the last podcast, I interviewed him. And, um, yeah, I I think a lot of that was just new information to me that I had no clue about. So, when I was just thinking about the week leading up to Easter and the death of Christ, and it's like, I want this to be beautiful. Like Like, I know it is beautiful, but it's hard for me to know that. And I want Zuby to know it's beautiful, too. Um, (laughs) cause he asked the question, he said, when I was talking to him, it's like, God wouldn't send his, you know, I would believe his son, but like, you know, his prophet to just get murdered. So, you know, he, he saved him from that time. Um, but if we believe that God is sovereign over everything that he allows everything, um, including the death of Jesus or, you know, his crucifixion, um, and is suffering, then it's like there is a ultimate purpose behind this, so anyways, I'm wrestling with these thoughts, and I just wanted to quick record them um while I have it um in my mind, so I found out I could take the bass off this mic and man, it's just kind of nice just to hold it, it might the sound might sound better. I also have a new mic coming in that's like uh another so I can hear the guest when I have a guest on better I had this conversation with Zuby and so this podcast is I wrote it in mind with Zuby like I'd say this is for Zuby um, but also you know for myself for people listening uh, to think about but um, essentially Christianity wouldn't have it won't make sense without the cross 1 Corinthians one eighteen says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so um, I read this book on the passion of Jesus Christ, 50 Reasons Why Jesus Came to Die uh, by John Piper, in case you're wondering. <laughs> he gave 50 reasons for why Jesus would go to the cross but there's many many other reasons and that was just some of them and so i kind of pulled some of those reasons and i wanted to talk about them but it's not reasons as in why like how did it happen the cause suppose i asked my dad hey dad why did you marry mom and he says well i proposed and uh she said yes and that's why i got married um but what I'm really looking for is what is the purpose? What is the purpose behind this? You know, did you find her pretty? Did you find her interesting? And in the same way, when we're asking, like, what are the reasons behind the cross? It's not the cause. Like, the cause of it was these Jews were angry at Jesus, you know, and they. Uh, Wanted to kill him, and the Romans crucified him. You could say that is the the cause, but really, I'm looking for the purpose. What is the the purposes behind it? And if we uh, believe in God, and then we believe there is a purpose that He is sovereign behind it, the pain, the focus, the solitude, the solemnness—they all speak to one thing. That there is a great reason for why Jesus did this. The more someone is focused on something, it, it speaks to their degree of their hope that they have for something. So, uh, before a football game, you have a bunch of football players getting high, getting in the zone. Um, or if you're in any athletic sport, or even maybe speech competition, like you're you're getting ready, you're you're getting in the zone, trying to to focus, and things are getting really serious and uh before the grave like this or sorry before the uh crucifixion Jesus is getting really solemn and um it's very serious what he's about to go through. You, you know, we we know the story, the sweat drops of blood, but um he's getting ready for his moment. And he'd be leading up to his life, he keeps saying, like, you know, my hour's gonna come, my hour's gonna come and they're not really getting it. The disciples aren't aren't understanding and then, you know, he says it plainly is, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to die and then I'm going to rise again in three days. And they're like, oh, now you're speaking plainly to us. And then he says, my hour has come. And so this is, you know, Jesus going to the cross. First uh, 1 Timothy one fifteen says, Christ came into this world to save sinners. So he did not do this mainly by teaching, but by dying. And so this is the purpose, the the overarching purpose was for Christ to save sinners. Um, but there's lots of other purposes to why Jesus died. So I'm going to give seven different purposes, sorry, seven different purposes to why Jesus died. And so not seven different causes, but seven different purposes. So, and this is just a couple I picked out from here that I thought were good from this book all right you guys ready number one it was to complete his joy and ours it says looking to jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of god the joy set before him and like he had this great motivator this great hope that was before him that he would um, restore his people he's like my bread is to do the father's will and so Jesus is on uh, this mission and this purpose um, in Isaiah 53:11, says out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge shall the righteous one my servant make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities so I want to focus on the beginning of that verse it says Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. So this extreme um, crushing that he sees something and um, he is pleased and satisfied by that. And uh, before creation began, God had perfect joy within himself, within the Trinity. And so uh, Jesus And God and the Holy Spirit wanted to invite us into his love. And that was the purpose of creation, for us to experience joy and happiness and to know God, the author of that. And his joy to do that and our joy was acquired at the cross that he wanted to bring us in and that we could experience his love. So this was his mission and he says um again for this reason the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again no one takes it up from me but I lay it down of my own accord I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again this charge I have received from my father um some after he said this some thought of him he's like hey this guy's crazy he's a lunatic uh, he has a demon and uh <laughs> Because the saying here is like, I have authority, to lay it down. Like he gave his life willingly. And so Jesus was on this mission to complete his joy and ours. First reason. Second reason was to please his heavenly father. Isaiah fifty-three ten says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring and he shall prolong his days, the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Uh, Let me read that again. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring and he shall be prolong his days, the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So it was God's will to crush him to crush Jesus. And when you read this, I think when I read this, it acts on my heart as a barbed wire. <laughs> it's like it sits there. And when you believe it, it just brushes up against you because why, why would he let him suffer? Why would he let him go through that? And he wanted it. God wanted Jesus to experience that and it was his, uh, it was the Father's pleasure for Jesus to do this because Jesus in the role of the Trinity is to um, act God's will in the world. God the Father is the sovereign orchestrator. He sent his Son, he sent the Holy Spirit and, um, and in the Trinity, the Son is the one who acts god's will in the world he came to explain god to give us a pathway to god and then the holy spirit is the one who um, calls us to know god he enlightens our hearts and he causes spiritual regeneration um, and which is all part of the process between um, so you know regeneration sanctification and then glorification like these All these things the Trinity works in with different roles. So, um, and in the role between, you know, the Father and the Son. In this verse, you know, it says like the Father sends him; he sends him to suffer, and it was His pleasure. The third reason, the third cause, the third purpose, to absorb the wrath of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. And so there is sin in our hearts and there is sin in my heart. And on the flip side, Jesus was very human like me he had temptations struggles um and suffering he experienced also just like me yet he was without sin so he was the perfect one that i could not be that you couldn't be um <laughs> he walked this earth and he um experienced uh, extreme affliction <laughs> and he knew what was in our minds and um yet yeah, he he calms the oceans and uh, jesus was and is sinless and so 2 Corinthians 5:21 says for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of god and so in the old testament they would take a goat two goats and they would um confess their sin on to one of the goats, the other goat they would send into the wilderness, and they'd let him to go free, and the other one would be killed and so it's a idea of what Jesus did for us that he takes on our sin um and he becomes the ultimate scapegoat you know that's where the word scapegoat comes from and it becomes even more weighty when you realize that the wrath bearer jesus was incredibly loved by god um and i know i can't explain the trinity completely but they have this complete love within them within himself and um, you can see that when Jesus is praying to God this this great love that they had before the world began and they want to invite humanity into his, his love um, and it was necessary for Jesus to die because our sin is worthy of death and we have all fallen short of that um, far more than fallen short and so Jesus, uh, the third Purpose was for the cross of him to absorb the wrath of God. Uh, the fourth purpose was to create racial reconciliation, and I thought this was a it's a cool one. There's this battle between the Jews and the Gentiles, yeah, not battle I guess you could say, but God chose the Jews as a special people that would. Uh, be a light to all the nations and as like an example and that you know they went through the Old Testament conquering other nations the Jews like against everyone else like God these are God's chosen people but uh, God's whole plan was to bring all of humanity back together um, like it was before um, the Tower of Babel you know the beginning so ephesians 2:14 says for he himself is our peace who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility so there's you know there's these dividing wall between uh, jews and gentiles and jesus broke that down and opening up to all people all tribes and even in the old testament people could still come and um, be circumcised and be part of that but um that God would be pursuing um, people all around the world. And so it renounces any racial pride um, because it's not worth anything. You know, Paul says, like, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, like, and he counts it as rubbish because Christ has become his ultimate boast. And likewise, that I find my ultimate identity and boast in Jesus. And so a purpose of Jesus dying and suffering for us was to create racial reconciliation. Um, purpose number five was to show God's love for sinners. So we think God is, his love is pretty common in the U.S. You know, in football games, there was this guy for a while, with John 3.16 says, like, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think a lot of people have that memorized just around the world because, like, dude, this guy was on the football games and Tim Tebow had it, you know, on his face paint. So um, this whole idea of God's love seems common to us, but if you go to places around um, the world outside of America, they'll think that the concept of God being loving is so um, otherworldly. Like, he's high, he's holy, um, and, you know... He, he enjoys his people, but does he really love us? Does he really love us? And so I think this idea of God loving us becomes exalted and lifted up even higher when you see the weight of our sin. When you downplay our sin, you downplay the cross, you downplay God's love. The degree of the sacrifice and love is shown um, through the cross and it because the seriousness seriousness of our sin Jesus had to die in order for us to come to God (laughs) because God is holy and he's righteous and um, we would never be allowed in his presence Um, but yet he comes close for sinners for me the chief of sinners for you he comes close And like I said, when you think that about the wrath bearer was infinitely loved, that Jesus was infinitely loved by God the Father, that heightens it even more. It's like God loved him so much, yet he sent him to take on my shame, my sin, every evil deed that I've done laid on him so that I could be set free, that everything that you ever done wrong that he could take away. Um... And it wasn't an easy death. (laughs) I think when you think about his suffering, that the great trials leading up to it, but not only that, like being separated from God, that he would um, that he would be alone. You know, for all of eternity, there was this communion between God the Father, God the Son, God the Trinity and this great communion that was so pleasing and pleasant. (laughs) Pleasing and pleasant. But and all of a sudden Jesus is alone he experienced spiritual abandonment um so that i could never be alone so that you would never be alone i think that's one of the things we fear most in life is this uh is loneliness and not even in relationships but just a loneliness of being misunderstood a loneliness of um No one's going to be there. No one's going to understand me. And he does. He says, I understand you. He says, I love you. And he says, I will die for you. Purpose number six. (laughs) He came to eliminate the fear of death. The real crazy people say they don't fear death. Um, I don't know. Do you fear death? First Corinthians says, "O oh death, where is your sting? Where is your sting?" Philippians says, "To live is Christ, and to die is gain." Paul says, this, "To live is Christ, and to die is gain." For me, it would be better to die and to to go go to Him. All those who, through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. Um. The, the fear of death enslaves us. It enslaves us to preserve our lives, to preserve our comfort, to preserve our control. And part of what Jesus did was eliminate that. The fear of death makes us timid and dull. Jesus died to set us free. When the fear of death is destroyed by an act of self-sacrificing love, the bondage to boring, big headed, self-preservation is broken. We are freed to love like Christ, even at the cost of our lives. So it takes like the the focus off of us that there is no self preservation. That ultimately, I can take risk, knowing that on the far side of my obedience, like God has been faithful through the death of Jesus, and He will be faithful to bring me home. Um, and that's a it's a good thing last reason uh that i have the day, last purpose that i wrote down uh, the purpose was to be an example in suffering and humility he was high but he became low he was the highest and he became the lowest jesus humbled himself to the point of death on a cross the cross was a specific crucifixion tool meant for two people mainly traitors and murderers <laughs> and there were people that said what has Jesus done this man has done nothing wrong I see no fault in him um, and he was he was a Jew Jesus was a Jew and he finds himself on this cross between two criminals and he's sitting there between them and these people <laughs> you know around him are mocking him They're spitting on him. You know, they gave him a a purple robe and put thorns in his head. And they're like mocking him. And yet he remains. He stays there on the cross. It would have been so easy just for him to call down angels and say, Hey, here's who I am. Here's the authority I have. Here's the authority. Do you know who you're laughing at? And I think it'd be so easy. If we were in that position, though we aren't sinless, we would in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, we would want to prove ourselves. We would want to show who we are. I I don't know. I've done it so many times. I think my biggest insecurity (laughs) is when people think I'm weak. And weakness is not, sorry, meekness is not weakness. And Jesus was very meek and he took the blows. Knowing that this would lead to the satisfaction of our souls, the satisfaction of God's desire for us to know him, for his love to be exalted around the world, for people to be reconciled to him, he took it. Um, He stayed. The greatest act of love that God did was stay. And he was extremely humble. And so that becomes an example for us that when we experience um, trials and tribulation and uh, the humility of being a follower of Christ, um, trusting in this thing instead of the hundreds and hundreds of other things we can trust in the world, trusting in Jesus Christ as our ultimate salvation and boast, and we can take the blows too um, because Jesus has taken the ultimate blow for us. And this frees us up to serve other people, because it's no longer about what can I, what can I do for God, but the purpose of Christianity is like, what has God done for me? And it's just a total paradigm shift, and um, this only happens in Christianity; doesn't happen anywhere else because it's not about how I can, how much can I do, what do I need to do to be saved what has god done for me so when you hear this like you know what's my response i think that's something you might be asking and i think there are three things you can do in response to what um jesus has done and these are described in acts 17. it says paul when he's sharing this word of jesus and his resurrection it says now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead some mocked but others said we will hear you again about this so Paul went out from their midst um, and then but some men joined them and believed and those were Dionysus and a woman named Damaris De- Damaris I don't know if I said that right but <clears throat> and also others so this says three different things some mocked some said hey we want to hear more and some said hey i'm going to follow jesus and so i think when you hear this and the resurrection and the death of jesus uh, what are you going to do with it are you going to you know, mock it and say i'm done this is foolish um, baloney or you're just like hey i'm interested i want to i want to hear more or um, do you want to follow jesus Follow him in his suffering. Believe in his um, death and resurrection. Okay, that's all I have. So (laughs) enjoy your days today, whatever you're doing. I hope it's great. (laughs) Um, Thanks for joining me on this impromptu episode. Um, The cross is beautiful, and I hope you find it beautiful too. Um, Thank you for listening. The journal entry is still out there. If you're not following the Trust God Bro Instagram account at this point, I feel like I'm begging for followers, but I don't know. I, You know, maybe, maybe 90 followers, maybe 92 or something like that, and I'll just do it. You guys will have better odds of winning it, but hey, it's, it's a free journal. All you have to do is follow the Trust God Bro underscore podcast Instagram account. I think that's the name any ideas for podcasts send them my way um yeah no i'm praying for the people that hear this and um thank you again Zuby. um dude last episode it was it's cool to hear a story and um it's, i think mean, it's just really um it's really eye opening you know around the world uh, i think we see this time during easter of like oh everyone believes this you go to church and everyone around you um, just in American Christianity, we just accept this idea. Um, but I think it's okay to really question and uh, push back if it takes us closer to realizing how great of what he's done for us. So um, enjoy your Easter's, enjoy your family. Outside of Kickabrew, a local coffee shop, there was this Easter bunny. And for me, <laughs> i think easter bunnies are like kind of scary it's just like really big and just like the whole idea of the easter bunnies are like kind of a scary thing uh but yeah i was, I was kind of freaked out there i was like all right time to say hi to the easter bunny I was like, ah. anyways thank you for listening and that's how you trust god bro